This show was furnished by The Cochrane Firm. Those pesky <laughs> promises and how they come back to create all sorts kind of problems. Funny, isn't it? Folks, I'd like to welcome mm. you to the Nation Divided. You're listening to KBC AM 790 Talk Radio. We're coming to you live. I never from- said that. I never <laughs> said I'd release my tax returns. <laughs> I never said that at all. Exactly. Okay, wait, let me tell you why I said but that. But you know, four <laughs> years after you say it, somebody is going to remember that you said it. Anyway, we're coming to you live from Culver City, folks. I am Brian Dunn, sitting across from my best friend, Mr. James Oates, who sadly has not exhibited any signs of COVID-19. I'm just kidding, brother. How you feeling, baby? And we weren't supposed to say that word, actually. Uh, anyway, how you feeling, That's a man? C word, Just man. tell me how you feeling, well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I don't have to release my tax returns. I don't even have a tax return done this year yet. Well, I'm sure... Or for last year, actually. If, if somebody forced you to, I'm sure that you would. Folks, we're, we're dealing with... I would with- have no choice... Congress would come again. They come with that. Exactly. Mr. Oates, we would like your tax return. <laughs> and folks, you know, we're, we're talking about this uh, jovially, but it's actually an issue that the United States Supreme Court, the highest court in the land, is grappling with. And uh, in case you uh, haven't noticed, this issue was kind of a political hot button around about 2016, and it seems to have emerged with a vengeance now. Why? Because there have been certain subpoenas that have been issued to our president to produce his financial records. Those courts always get in the way. Exactly. <laughs> the law. Now, you don't have to be a lawyer to understand what a subpoena is. It is an order to do something. If you get a subpoena to appear, you must appear. You can't solve that problem with a phone call. If you get a subpoena to produce records, you must produce those records. Now, we have a lot of cases that are basically representing subpoenas that have come at the president from a lot of different directions. Some of them have come from congressional committees. Some of them have come from a county district attorney. But they're all pretty much asking the same thing. And one of the things that you have to understand about the 45th president is he has done things that no one has ever even thought of doing before breaking convention breaking convention and you know whether you're for it or whether you're against it you have to just step step back and look at it and go wow like no one's ever done this. what's going to happen right we don't even have a law for that. <laughs> We're going to, yeah. You That's know. what they're saying in Congress. They're saying, we don't even have a lot to deal with this. We, we never exactly. had to well, do this do. before. Yeah. Congress has given him a subpoena, and he's basically said, talk to the hand. I'm not giving you anything. So, folks, this is one of the things we're going to talk about today. And it's really about more than just one man's tax returns. It's kind of about the relationship between the president and the Congress 
and the courts. If you went to civics class, if you even had a civics class, you had this rosy picture of our government that was told to you. That they have three distinct branches. Orderly, structured. The judicial branch. Everyone following convention. The legislative branch. And the executive branch. The legislative branch makes the laws. The judicial branch enforces, or they actually interpret the interpret the laws laws in light of the Constitution. Branch technically enforces, right? Right. Article two says that. In a perfect world. In a perfect world. An ideal world. Yeah. But when the executive branch, which is by the Constitution mandated to enforce the laws, just says we're not going to do this today, what do you do? (laughs) Now. The Supreme Court's grappling with this, but we really are interested in what you think, folks. And that's going to be the first question. Should the president really have to turn over his tax returns? Yeah, should he have to do that? Should he have to? I mean, constitutionally speaking, the argument is unequivocally yes. But, you know, we've made a lot of concessions with regard to a lot of executive orders. Well, that's kind of the reason that it is in front of the Supreme Court right now is it's actually not that – cut and dry constitutionally, is it? I mean, we have federal code. We will talk about that later on. But is it really that clear? I don't think so. I mean, there is an argument that says, clearly Trump's attorneys believe this, that he does not have to do that. Well, there's an impeached man from Arkansas that said that same thing. <laughs> and uh, he, I remember he said, no, nah, man, I don't have to do this. It wasn't even tax returns for him. It was just a, it was a sexual harassment civil lawsuit. They were going to blow up his marriage is what they were doing. Yeah, he yeah. said, I'm not going to do it. And they basically forced him to. And, well, we all know how that turned out, yeah. don't we? But that was a civil case. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, folks, that's going to be the discussion. You can reach us at 1-800-222-5222. Once again, 1-800-222-5222. The Supreme Court has yet to rule. We're waiting with bated breath. But it doesn't matter if you're on the Supreme Court. It doesn't matter if you've been to law school. It doesn't matter if you have a law degree. We're really interested in just what you think. Because these are issues that kind of should hit you in the gut one way or another. You love the country. Everybody has strong opinions about the president one way or another. Where, where do you stand here? Do you think that he really should be required to turn over his personal financial records? No one likes doing that, right? No one even likes the idea. I'm sure that any, most people listening right now, I'm included, if someone comes and says, hey, I want you to give your tax return to everybody. I want you to put it in the newspaper. Let me say, I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah, but if you're running for president. But you're, yeah, that's the question. I mean, you're running for president, so you're going to be the guy enforcing the law. You're going to be the guy that's at the very top. You're going to appoint the guy who's going to be the head of the treasury, right, the secretary of the treasury, who's going to be the guy who's in charge of IRS and who's going to be the committee, the, the group of people are going to basically enforce all of this. Well, not only that, but there's just a certain figurehead about, of the presidency. There's a certain conceptualization of this person we look up to. This is the person that is the head of our country. And if we have to do it, he has to do it. There's sure. a certain transparency. and That's I think a great would... point. That's a great point. I mean, it, we have to do it. It's very clear about that. Now, that there, there is no doubt about that at all. The, the federal law states it. It's a law that's been on the books since 1924. Yes. It says if Congress requests any individual's tax return, yes. the IRS must hand it over. We must. have a choice. It's we not a, yes. it's not even, they don't even have to come and ask us for it. They don't even have to tell you they're doing it, I don't think. Right. I think they can just simply make the request, and, and it can be presented to Congress. So. We'd like to hear what you think, folks. You can reach us at 1-800-222-KEBC, one 800 222 5222. 
Should this be something that the president is required to do? And one of the interesting things we were talking about earlier, Jim, is that you actually did some research as to past presidents and to oh, yeah. their compliance. And they, it seems as though we've seen taxes from pretty much everyone. Well, the last president that did not turn over tax returns at all was actually one of my favorite presidents was FDR. Really? Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Yeah. And you know what's interesting about it? If he had done it, it would have been a major controversy at the time. Well, we'll have to talk about that at some point. Uh, in general, the issue that we're dealing with now may affect the legacy of the president. It could it certainly affect. Certainly affects the future. Every, every president from th- – there's one thing that's for sure after the Supreme Court rules on this. Right. Every president from here on out will be now be bound by that. Well, as a constitutional lawyer, as a person that's pretty much dedicated his life to the Constitution, this is something that I'm looking at kind of as a scholar. Because I want to see what they're going to do. And the way that the law works, folks, is that we operate off of precedent. Everything has to build on the thing that happened before. And if we're talking about this type of thing, it's pretty much going to lay the groundwork for everything that comes after it. Now, I'm not sure we're ever going to have a firebrand of a president with the, let's just say, uh, unconventional personality that we have now but the issue really is going to be what is it going to hold for the future anyway folks if you'd like to join the discussion you can reach us at 1-800-222-5222 once again 1-800-222-kbc when we get back from the break i want to get Should into the president why have to asking? turn over his tax return i want you to tell us why they're asking for those tax Lift returns Brian. i want to talk about that mm. we want to see under the skirt is that what happened? Lift what? it up. Who did? Who said that? We'll be right back, folks. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to A Nation Divided. We are KBC Talk Radio AM 790. You can reach us at 1-800-222-5222. The topic of the day concerns the 45th president... And it's not, do you like him or do you not like him? It's, uh, should he be required to show his financial information under penalty of, uh, well, I'm not really sure penalty of what. Uh, because the, <laughs> yeah. it's important for everyone to know that the long, I mean, just as long as the Justice Department has existed, there has been a policy that we will not indict a sitting president right. under and, any circumstances. We will not do that. You and, just And part of the messy thing about this that got my hackle up is what, like Steve Mnuchin, for instance. So Steve Mnuchin, Secretary of the Treasury, he's basically the guy that said, screw right. off Congress. I'm not going to send these tax returns. OK, so if Trump's telling him to do that, Trump's ordering him to do that. Right. Trump's basically telling somebody to break the law if the Supreme Court says, yes, they're breaking the law. So now it's not really Trump that's doing this. So it wouldn't be Trump indicted. Does Steve Mnuchin get indicted? Do they say you broke the law? Well, the concept is the Justice Department, which is basically a wing of the presidency. They kind of do whatever Trump wants them to do. Or they find themselves jobless. Like Jeff Sessions. Exactly. You know. <laughs> that, that was juicy stuff that came out just upset. like I think this morning that just came out. That More of that firing back and forth between. Because, you know, he's going back for his Alabama Senate seat, I, Jeff Sessions. Yeah, I know. I know. He, 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 wants, he, want, he doesn't want a real job. Are you, you get, kidding? You get canned. He, he loves being a politician. <laughs> anyway, folks, we'd love to hear what you think. You can read us at 1-800-222-5222. We're going to go to Mike from El Segundo. Mike. So good to hear from Mike, you. Mike, it's been a long time. Yeah, I'd like you. Welcome to Nation Divided. Tell us what you think about this, brother. 
Mike? Is he there? Is he with us? I don't hear it. I don't hear him. Mike? I don't know if he's there. Hello, Mike? All right. We're having some technical difficulties. But either way, one of the things that we really are trying to get at, folks, is, you know, what does your gut tell you? Now, invariably, in a situation like this, the gut seems to tell you what your political ideology wants it to tell you. In other words, oh, yeah. if you're for Trump, you're going to say he shouldn't have to turn over the tax returns. That's a great point. He's a sitting president. Yeah, we were talking about He's got to do his job. Yeah. But then you, if you ask the person that said that, well, if it were Mr. Obama. If it were Nancy Pelosi. If Nancy Pelosi was asked right. to turn over her tax return and she said, screw off, what would they say then? Exactly. Good point. How are we doing? Did we, did we get Mike back? I think we got Mike back. Let's Mike, you there? Yeah, I'm here. I don't. Hi, I'm here. I don't hey, know Mike. how much you heard or missed. Yeah, so, we, we, we missed got, pretty much all of it. Start over, you. brother. Yeah. And uh, folks, sure, if you'd no like to join the discussion, you, you can reach us at 1-800-222-5222. 1-800-222-5222. Where are we with all of this? Should the president be forced to turn over his tax returns? The Supreme Court's trying to figure this out as we speak. What do you got to say, Mike? Okay, thank you. Oh, I got so much to say on this. It's amazing. Um, first of all, President Trump should not have to turn over his tax returns, and he should not do it on this. Um, opposition research, political witch hunt, and abuse of power by the Democrats. In the Constitution, turning over tax returns obviously is not a requirement to run for president. And the only reason the Democrats are doing this is to abuse their power to turn over, make public hundreds, if not thousands of pages of Donald Trump's tax return per year. It'd be a huge amount that no one in the public could make sense of or understand. And that the fake news media, which is just a campaign organ for the Democrat Party, that they will then lie and distort as they have in the past and misrepresent what's in President Trump's tax return. Right. Let me stop you very briefly because you're giving us a whole lot, Mike. But I got to do tell he has Mike has an excellent point on one level because this is becoming a political issue. It seems as though everything has its roots in politics. And when we start thinking about this, we have to really think about what has happened in the past. Like when Bill Clinton was essentially impeached because he was forced to give a deposition in a civil case in which he lied under penalty of perjury. Everybody was basically crying foul, saying this is a civil case, this is political, this has nothing to do with anything, why are we doing this to this man? But it seems as though the same voices that were saying that seem to be saying the exact opposite thing now that Mr. Trump is in the office. And the concept of the politicization of this is that is our world now. I mean, the, the, the separation of powers has become politics. When we even think about the Supreme Court, there's, they're appointed for life. Every federal judge is appointed for life. And one of the reasons why is you're supposed to have unbiased judgment. But now they're looking at, is this going to be a conservative judge or, or a liberal judge? Is this going to be a Trump judge or is it going to not be a Trump judge? What do you got to say about that, Mike? Okay, we're in a totally different world today. It used to be that members of both parties, Republicans and Democrats, who at least to some extent supported the Constitution. Right. Today, the Democrat Party has been hijacked by Marxists, by socialists and communists. All right, all right. They keep, might use, might the use other names, call themselves social justice warriors, right. whatever. But right. the point is that they are throwing out all the norms and traditions that help protect our Constitution and our basic freedoms. And give you an extreme example, what the Democrats did in California, they passed a law 
that President Trump would have to release his tax they returns. Did. That's true. Or he could not that appear in the ballot. And, this, and, and that, the Supreme Court, actually, right. the California Supreme Court overruled. Or, well, folks, if you'd like to join right, the right. discussion, you can reach us at 1-800-222-5222. You can reach us at 1-800-222-5222. Should the president be forced to turn over his tax returns? The Supreme Court has yet to decide. We're waiting. Anyway, go ahead, Mike. Yes, yeah, sir, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. But in California, what that law really was intended to do was to suppress the Republican voter turnout, because if Trump was not on the ballot, a lot of Republicans would not have come out to vote on the ballot measures and they would not have come out to vote for the down ticket, you know, down ballot. But now, Mike, I'm not totally I'm not totally disagreeing with that exact point you just made. But now it is also fair to say that many states have considered putting a law on the books for a long time that said essentially that a person that's running, that's a candidate for president, needs to release their tax returns. Yeah, and and one of the, the things I'll that, take uh, a totally well, hold on, one, we one, need to abolish the IRS. Okay, the IRS. All right, wait, slow down, slow down, slow down, Mike, 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 slow down. I just got to ask one more question. Yeah. Uh, now, one of the things we led with in the segment was Trump uh, himself, before he was being considered uh, for the presidency, when he was still basically a full-time reality TV show host. He said that Obama really should have to turn over his taxes, and he was very adamant that Obama would have to do this, that we would have to see all of his financial records. Uh, do you think that there's any difference between the position that Obama should have to do this versus Trump having to do this? Okay, I, I'm not aware of that, so I don't know if any news reports on that are accurate or not. But let me point something out. The Congress members are not turning over their tax returns. If you read the Federalist Papers, there's a place in one of them where I'll reword it to make it more concise, but basically it said the lawmakers shall be subject to the laws that they make. They shall not exempt themselves from the laws. And that did not get into the Constitution because they believe the American people would be well educated enough to protect the freedom. They would never tolerate politicians that pass laws that do not apply themselves where they exempt themselves. And we're suffering from that today. I wish that was in the Constitution. I think all the Congress members of state legislators for saying Trump must release their tax returns, I think they should have to release the last 10 years of their tax Well, I, I, I would always say that, you know, if we're going to make this argument, it, should, it shouldn't include everyone. But one of the unique things, thank you so much, Mike, for calling. One of the unique things about the presidency is that he's in a class by himself. The president stands alone pretty much, and he's distinct from every other American in terms of the power that he has. But it's not just the power. It's the image that the presidency uh, represents. The presidency is supposed well, to be something he, that is, he, you know, it's who we are uh, as, as a he's nation. He's commander-in-chief. I mean, he's supposed to be George Washington, right? I mean, that's the real truth. The founders established the, the executive branch kind of on the model of George Washington. He's right. going to be this guy that he's just going to step in and take charge when you need him, but he'll go back to the country farm when everything's over, he's not going to try to take power, not going to try to be a king, and he's not even going to try to make law. That's the other thing. And, of course, that's an argument you and I have had quite a bit in, in the past about this idea that there's this sort of slippery slope with the executive branch. And the other thing that really is, is one of the things that can raise the ire of a lot of people is what is it that is causing all of this? I mean, what is the common denominator from all of these subpoenas? And, and folks, I don't know if you've dug into these cases or not. But it all seems to center around a pornographic star. Well, a woman by the name of Stormy Daniels. You and I were arguing about this before. Sorry, but certainly one and possibly two of the three, but not all three. Well, it, it, it basically, if we're thinking about laws that were broken, 
We're, we're going back in time and we're saying, okay, well, were there ca- campaign finance laws that were broken? It has to go back to this issue involving Stormy Daniels. Yes. And is that something really, when you boil it down, that the nation should really be in a getting held over. up yeah. over? Because Just I always wondered, you know, Clinton, right? Clinton basically had an affair. And, you know, you can say what you oh, want about Clinton. it goes deeper Clinton. than that. It goes into the Whitewater scandal. I mean, so there's a lot of stuff there. But the issue yeah. with regard yeah, to his it. impeachment dealt directly, directly with, with that, with with that affair. Right. What, was her, what was her name again? I always forget her name. Lewinsky. Lewinsky. Uh, Lewinsky. Lewinsky. Yeah, right. And, you know, there are a lot of people that have mixed, mixed feelings about that. But there are a lot of people that that's what made them love Clinton forever. Yeah. Is when he actually got busted with an intern and then lied about it. Not to you. everybody. Not you, Brian. No. Of course not you. No, no, no. Yeah. You thought it was terrible. You so put wrong. your life in the jackpot over something like this. How that dare is an you unforced that, error Mr. that will President. make me love you forever. And it's just kind of like, that's the one time, you know, a lot of people could identify. And when you talk about uh, Trump, I, I can never, ever formulate a negative emotional reaction to him because he messed with someone named Stormy Daniels, Stormy Daniels. when he's running for president. <laughs> It's just, you know, it's just one of those things. Folks, if you'd like to join the discussion, you can read us at 1-800-222-5222. Once again, 1-800-222-5222. The limits of presidential power. And in many ways, Jim, do you really think that it's going to make a difference one way or another? And we always go back to this. We're going to have an election. Is this going to affect the election? Well, I was just, it's Is funny. Going to affect, just as you ahead. said that, I was thinking that that thing that, you know, that uh, President Trump said at one point, he said he could shoot someone on the street and no one would, they'd all still vote or whatever. And so I'm thinking to myself, okay, so let's say that they, people already know there's been these reports about this sort of uh, impropriety, you know, from Trump. We all kind of know this. So, the, so if it, it comes out that yes, he did have a hush payment. To right. Stormy Daniels, if that does come out, but you know, when you think about the morality, is are we adults, man? Right. Look, he's got something that she wants, money. Yeah, he's got some, or she's got something that he wants, which is silence. And you know, you start thinking about this. You know, this is not something necessarily that's going to impact national right. security. It's not so. It's kind of like Bill Clinton lying about the fact that he had an affair with with Paula Jones. And is this, i sorry, Monica Lewinsky, forgive me. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, is this the Paul kind Jones of thing? Paul Jones was in there, though, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That was the case yeah, that, that was settled. Yeah. But is this the kind of thing that really should dictate the, the future of a presidency? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear that this is, like you said, it's not going to affect national security. This was something that was done because he was trying to make himself look better so he could get elected. Well, what? candidate does not do that and I the mean, real question is and if you if you'd like to weigh in folks you can reach us at 1-800-222-5222 i think the real real question is will the supreme court's decision yay or nay will it affect anyone's vote will it affect anything whatsoever about the way the public actually views the 45th president we're going to take a short break folks I and wonder. we're going to be right back i wonder what 1-800-222-5222 to affect the vote. Exactly. And what details could be released. Because Mike did have a great point. It seems like at the end of the day, it all boils down to I want my side to win and I want your side to lose. Where there's smoke, there's fire. They got something to hide. Anyway, we'll be right back, folks. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to A Nation Divided. 
We are talking about what's going on in the Supreme Court. Now, we're having some wonderful times out here. The weather is back. The birds are chirping. The it seems as though the back. beaches are opening. The traffic is back. But if you're in Washington, D.C., I will tell you the most dreaded person in the world is a law clerk who is working for one of those Supreme Court justices right now. Right. <laughs> because he is not getting to see the sun. No. He is in a cave in front of a computer trying to do something that will be remembered probably for the next several hundred years. Yeah, he hasn't had any sleep in the last seven days. He's and reading. basically we're talking about the president's tax returns. Should he be required to turn them over? What has basically made the issue starkly uh, apparent in the forefront of our legal consciousness is that there have been subpoenas. A subpoena is in order to do something. And the president has just said, I can, I see your subpoena and I disregard it. So the issue is going to be, should he have to? And if he loses, well, we're going to have to see some interesting things about his tax return. And there's one of those interesting concepts is if somebody doesn't want you to see something, there must be something there. Right. And it's just, Actually, I didn't, Trump I didn't himself really care. Said that. I, there was a funny, I was reading a quote. It, it was, I think it was just today, just before we, we got together for the show, like we do every week. I was reading something where it, it was Trump. It was a quote from him. And Trump was saying something like, this is back maybe in the late 90s. He's saying something like, why not show you tax returns? I mean, if you don't, you got something to hide, right? Doesn't you have something to hide? He's well, you know, one of those kind of things. You know, one of those yeah, things. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of cases go wrong because they said, well, why didn't your guy testify? Why didn't the defendant testify? Because people assume there to... must be something hidden, yeah. Right. Tim, uh, thank you for calling a nation divided. Uh, we certainly are appreciated. We appreciate the patience uh, in holding. Tell us about how we're going to sort this out, man. We are dying to know what you think. <laughs> well, first, Jim and Ryan, you guys are great. We uh, love you guys here. Thank oh, you thanks, so much, man. Tim. Appreciate you. First time caller, long time listener, but we do love you guys. Um, That's good. Okay, so Brian, you're a constitutional lawyer, civil so rights lawyer in particular. Yes. Yes, but. You're smart on this, so I have. To, I, I need your creativity here to talk me through this. If there is a law on the books that says Congress is able to subpoena the tax records of anyone, including the president, and Congress has subpoenaed the tax records of the president, what is the possible explanation or argument that could be made by the Supreme Court to say that Trump does not have to release his taxes, whether or not it's a fishing expedition or not. Well, if you're going to disobey, that's such a great question, Tim. If you're going to disobey the law or if you're going to do something that you're legally mandated to do and you don't do it, there's all kinds of reasons that you can have to do that. And one of them is a, quote, good faith argument for an interpretation of the law in a different way. Now, one of the things that, we, that the president can always fall back on, always, is executive privilege. He right. can always fall back on the fact that he's I got a am big, the president. He's got a big job. He's got a lot of stuff to do. Crisis come up all the time. Exactly. He's got the power. I mean, yeah. he just completely halted all immigration into the country. And no one ever seemed to even really think about it. But he basically said because that's due to COVID, no evidence that it, it affected it. But that's a, a show for another day. But the thing is, what he's basically doing is he's consistently pushing the envelope of what is legal and what is illegal. And one of the ways that he does that is by forcing the issue. Now, in this particular way, the issue came to a head when he got a flurry of subpoenas 
and essentially instructed his team not to respond to any of them. So that's pretty much what's happening is that the Supreme Court's going to have to decide whether this law really does apply uh, to a sitting president. But and, you've, and you've got uh, you've got Trump's attorneys who are making this argument. They've said that they believe that if you allow this to happen for President Trump today, that all that he and then all future presidents will have to suffer under this avalanche of requests and subpoenas from every court in the United States of America right. all the time, and they would use it as harassment. Their argument basically is is that – and I and this goes back to Mike's argument earlier – is that, that it's become such a political football that people that are against Trump would use this as a way to sort of keep him from being able to do his job. Right. Folks, if you'd like to join the discussion, you can reach us at 1-800-222-5222. Once again, 1-800-222-5222. We don't care if you're a scholar of the Constitution. If you graduated from law school, we're just always interested in what folks think. And this is an issue that is going to change the world one way or another. But I think part of what was Tim, Tim was maybe getting at there, too, was, I, and if, if I heard him right, is this idea of what's going to happen. What's going to happen if this, let's say the Supreme Court comes back and says, again, yeah, you know what? They broke the law. They shouldn't have done that. Right. What's going to happen? I mean, what's going to be the result? What happens to Steve Mnuchin? I mean, I wonder that. I mean, he's the guy that basically said no. What happens to him? Well, you know, point? yeah, I don't think anybody's going to basically be winding up in prison. But I, what I do think, though, is that this is going to set a tone. Now, as Mike correctly pointed out, and one of the things that we really have to focus on is that is this really about what it appears to be? Is this really about right. the president's tax returns? Yeah. Or is it or more is it really about, about Stormy? Is it more about Stormy Daniels? I mean, you've got so one of the things that we did not bring up though in the in the previous segment is that yes, the Stormy Daniels things is a big part of this, and there's the the New York District Attorney, the the County of New York District Attorney actually originated that request. But there's two requests from Congress, and one of them is from the Oversight, the House Oversight Committee, and what they're looking into is the emolument clause. They're basically looking right. into the idea that did Trump get, did he get right. He could have got money from a foreign government. And, you know, it, it, here's the thing. Again, people that are uh, Trump supporters are going to say that all the Democrats are trying to tear him down and they're going to use this. It's a it's a rehash of the impeachment thing. They already went through it. I get well, their argument. But, but the thing I is, they, in a way, they're right, because now you have the sure. Democrats that are basically being puritanical, saying, well, this sex with a, a porn star is kind of a problem. Yeah. These are the same people that when that Clinton, when Clinton exactly. was and I get, having the infidelity, they were like, argument. just let the man live his life and I let get, him do his thing. And I get he's that argument, have but it, there's yeah. no doubt about this, though, Brian. We are locked in. It's it's a warfare right now. It's virtual <laughs> war. It's online warfare with, with Russia and with other other countries that are basically trying to subvert our democracy. And basically. so you've got a committee that's legitimately trying to investigate that. And part of it... The biggest part of it, the thing that our founders were the most – they were terrified of this, the idea that a foreign government would pay someone off. The king of uh, England would come back and say, hey, I'll give you some extra cash, and then I'll make you the governor of like the next three states. But, you know. Gary from Marina del Rey, I want to thank you for chiming in. Uh, welcome to a nation divided, brother. We are dying to hey, know Gary. what you think. How are we going to make sense of this, Gary? Boy, I don't know. Uh, I don't think anyone can make sense of it uh, right <laughs> now. But I want to go back, Brian, to a comment. You guys made, I got cut off a little bit, talking about Stormy Daniels. Yeah. And it really wasn't a security issue. Right. Um, I'm a longtime security guy uh, back in the 60s and 70s and eavesdropping and things. And actually, it does, because what we don't know is we don't know what foreign entities could have information on that and use that as leverage. And that's come up 
many times with Russia and Trump, Putin and Trump. Yeah. Uh, something about her name being Stormy, though, makes me just like Trump the more. I, it, right. Just something about that. That is just I, I I, mean, I'm stuck on that. You know, seriously, if I would have known about that before, I might have voted for him. Yeah. Actually, I was <laughs> I mean, you have put your life in the jackpot for Stormy. But anyway, Gary, when we start really thinking about this, uh, let me let me ask you just the deeper question, because the more and more I see about what's going on in Washington, it seems like things are never as they appear to be. What would you say to the argument that, you know, this isn't about the Constitution? It's not about the separation of powers. It's simply politics. And Trump is a very powerful president, and he has a lot of opponents that are trying to take him down, just like Clinton was when Clinton was in his was in office. But this is this is just something that is political. Do, do you think that, or do you really think that there's some substance to uh, this particular dispute? I think the answer to both those questions are yes. Everything in Washington is political, yes. and I think there's something of substance to to all of this. Well, nobody should be above the law. I well, know we let our right. politicians push things a little bit. Yep. I can't agree with that more. Well, one of the arguments. I'm sorry, go ahead. One of the arguments that I have on this whole thing is I look back, take the example of President Obama and the birth certificate thing, which Trump was at the center of, right? right. He was at the center of that thing. So everyone's making a big deal out of it. He didn't have to, but what's what's uh, President Obama do? Releases birth certificate. Yeah, well, he, I, so why doesn't and, and then that and guess didn't what? even satisfy a lot and, of his it, critics. It, that's true, but I mean, it basically went away at that point, and then Trump kind of went away after that too. So it, now let's turn the tables. Why doesn't? Trump just say, hey, here's my tax return, and just disarm this whole thing. You got any thoughts on that, Gary? Yeah, same reason we wore a mask in public. He doesn't <laughs> want people to see. Uh, put it on pause, yeah. folks. If you'd like to join the discussion, you can reach us at 1-800-222-5222. 1-800-222-5222. Don't go anywhere, Gary. Uh, Jim, you, you found a really interesting article from the New York Times. Uh, now, this is something that was printed, folks. You got to hear this. This was printed in the New York Times. So, but tell us a little bit about this so-called leak. So here, it's not really a leak necessarily. So basically the way that I understand it, and this, I have a crude understanding of this, but the numbers are very clear, is that the IRS released some anonymized information on tax returns for the highest earners in the United States. And this is back like, I don't know, maybe like five, right. 10 years ago, whenever they released this information. Yep. And the particular tax return that's in question was of an individual that was from, I think it was 1984 to like 1995 or 1998, something like that. So we're talking 80s and 90s. And this tax return was for supposedly the largest single loss reported by an individual in the history of the United States. I mean, this is like this huge, massive loss. Like this person reporting on their tax returns had a loss that was so big that they would not have to pay taxes for like another 20 years, basically. I think the estimate was 18 years based on their their average income. And in case the suspense is killing you, folks, that it person was, was Donald Trump. President Trump, yes. Donald so, Trump at the time. And and the number was one – it was north of $1 billion worth of loss. $1 billion yeah, worth should, of loss. You should like stop playing checkers for a while if you're getting beat like that. <laughs> but anyway, I'm just I mean, saying. We're talking about, I mean, you know, and I, but, okay, so there – and there's people that will make the argument. He's a real estate guy. There's a lot of write-offs there. You know, you got all this uh, depreciation. Well, well, you know, he okay, has to, to pay blah, taxes blah, because, blah, because of that. But it's just – How you kind do of wonder, you make enough money to fly a 737 around the country with your name painted on it? But you lost a billion dollars so, on your tax return. Exactly. Before the break, I want to get back to Gary. Gary, let me ask you this question. Now, I know I'm just catching you off guard, but I just want to ask you this question. 
Yeah. Say that the, the tax returns come out uh, and they show something similar, that uh, Trump didn't make any money at all, that uh, he's got all these debts, that he, uh, in fact, had a terrific loss and, and lost all of this money and he hasn't paid that. Do you think in your heart of hearts that that will change anyone's vote when it comes down to the issue of whether he's going to get a second term? Um, it may change some votes, but I, I don't know. His base is not going to change. It's not going to change his base no matter what it says. And you uh, know, when he says that I can stand on Fifth Avenue and shoot someone, I mean, that's kind of a bold statement, but his base is just so unrelentingly supportive of him. I, I tend to agree with you, Gary. Yeah, so we're going to take a short break, Gary. We're going to be right back. I want you to stick around, right. folks. If you'd like to join the discussion, you can reach us at 1-800-222-5222. Once again, 1-800-222-KUBC. Should the president be required to turn over the intimate details of his financial dealings? Not if it's going to mean he doesn't get elected again. You not, never not know. Again. Right. We play the game to win. Yes. Remember that guy from the Jets? Well, Herman, wait, wait. All right, folks, we'll be right back. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to KBC AM Talk Radio 790. A Nation Divided, coming to you live from Culver City. I'm Brian Dunn, sitting with Jim Oates. You know, there was kind of an interesting slip-up that I think it was on Friday, if I'm not mistaken, as one of uh, uh, President Trump's spokeswomen actually released inadvertently a bunch of his private information. Well, I'm he, sure it was she, really inadvertent. She held up, and I know we're not supposed to say, we're not going to say the C word on the show today, but because of the C word, she held up a copy of his uh, one of his checks and said he's going to donate his money to the coronavirus thing, right? And so on that check, it had like all of his personal account information. Well, I think the timing of that, knowing we're not that the, the Supreme Court has a, has a ruling in abeyance right now, the timing of that might be a little interesting. Folks, if you'd like to join the discussion, you can read us at 1-800-222-5222, grappling with what the Supreme Court is grappling with now. Should the president have to turn over his tax returns? But the deeper issue is we have gotten away from a monarchy, and we would like to believe that no one is above the law. However, law is what you can get away with. Ben from Beverly Hills, I want to thank you for calling in and being so patient. Welcome to A Nation Divided, brother. We are dying to know what you think. What are we going to do with this? Well, I think you're dividing the nation further because the same thing's true with Joe Biden supporters. And could they're, you... they're, they're going to they're going to support Joe Biden no matter how many racist statements he makes, no matter how many bribes he takes from Ukraine. He spied on the incoming president. That's not going to change Joe Biden's support. As many of my friends say, "Yeah, he spied on Trump." Good. So our nation and you know, is totally divided. Up, We're ready for war. You actually are bringing up a great point, and I'm going to tell you why. Because I'm not intending to mean that it is only the Trump supporters that are infallible. It seems as though those that are against the president, those that are against Trump, are equally yeah. unflappable like people, as a base. Where are the people that were like defending uh, President Clinton and were saying, oh my gosh, you can't, this is, this is just so wrong that you're doing this guy. Where are they not right now for Trump? Where are and, they? And you know, it's, it's the same thing because it's just as though... They it, act like it's some kind of big what, idealistic... You support whatever argument, support, yeah, right. you know, supports your guy. So Ben, let me ask you this. Uh, in light of all of the considerations that we've been given, 
I have to ask you the same question that I'm I'm asking everyone. You know, we've got an election coming up. I want you to imagine if it's possible to do so, that there's a person that is still on the fence after all these years. There is so-called an independent person who's undecided. Do you think that person's opinion is going to get shaped one way or another by any information whatsoever that may be revealed from the president's tax returns or financial records? No, because the same people who hate Trump hate Tulsi. These are warmongers. Our fight isn't against parties, Republicans, Democrats. It's against warmongers. They transverse the parties. Thank you, you so much for calling, Bush, who's a warmonger. Yeah, I, really, I want to thank you so much for calling. And that's a very, you know, that's a significant opinion. But this is the one thing. What if it reveals? What if the financial records show something different than just a loss? What if they show a gigantic payment from a foreign, foreign entity? Power. Right. Yeah. I mean, because at that point, you're no longer looking at issues concerning uh, is this man a good businessman? I mean, for me, it really kind of comes down to, you know, probably, do we find that? No, probably not. Right. What are the odds? Statistically speaking, what, are, what do we think we're going to find there? Because, you know, there are people that think that, oh, Trump's such a terrible president and he's such an awful guy and he's so immoral and all this stuff. And I understand their arguments. But on the other hand, it could just simply be that he doesn't want anyone to know that he's a bad businessman. Or it could just be that simple. It, it might not. And then you got to ask yourself the question. Everybody that voted for Trump who said, oh, he's such a great businessman. He's he's a different guy. He really thinks about – he understands money and he can – oh, he's going to run the economy. He's going to be great for the economy and the stock market's going – it's so great and everything's great, great, great. And then you look at his tax return and you're like, oh, wait. Actually, he's a lousy but businessman. No, the, he's a horrible businessman. What they'll say is that he's being really smart because if he's going to claim – a $5 billion loss, yeah, that means I mean, he's not going to have to pay taxes, not, logically speaking, for not, the next 20 years or so. But that's not all of what, that's not all of what uh, his tax return in the, in the past revealed. So that past tax return the New York Times reported on, and then they released the, sort of some of the details around that. It was showing how he needed a, like a ton of the money he got. He got it from his dad. He got it like as a basically inherited from his dad. And then a bunch of the money that he got, he got basically because he defrauded some people. So, so he really didn't make anything. He didn't build anything. He didn't really – he wasn't a right. good businessman. And so I wonder, all the people that vote for him and say, hey, he's a great businessman, if that comes out, how do they feel? Well, I don't know. But I think the issue is that there's always something more going on. And we're thinking about what is it that's going to make a good president. I, I, I've always tried to figure this out because we've seen such a different uh, take on the presidency in the last few years. And I think one of the things is that you're going to have to deal with being seriously attacked. The president is right. totally, from the moment they get up, they are always going to have extreme criticism. So you look at, okay, what are going to be the qualifications for a president? I think they should put the person in a room, turn out the lights, and just have people yell at him for like an hour straight at the right. top of their voice. Yeah. And see if, like, he could build a puzzle right. while everybody is just screaming at him, calling him every kind of just vile name. And he's got to put, like, this 20-piece puzzle together. And if the guy can do that while everybody's yelling at him, he will be a good president. Well, and then my. I don't think our current president could get five pieces done on that puzzle. No, I don't because think Because he he's always going to respond to that person that yells at him or that person that yells at him or that person. But my problem with the argument that uh, President Trump's attorneys are making to the Supreme Court is a structural one. It's this idea that they're, they're trying to say that, that every court in the United States of America would 
would use this as a tool against any president in the future. And here's my right. problem with that. Okay, the slippery slope. Yeah, the slippery yes. slope. Yeah, come on, give me a break. We trust courts in every other way. We trust them with all of this power for us individually. They are, and we, they have never done this in the past. There's no evidence. I think it was uh, RGB that made this argument that there's no evidence that it, it, there's there's never been a time in the past when that occurred. Therefore, you cannot say that this could occur in the future well, because it's never happened. There's, there's a concept called stare decisis, and this is one of the things that they teach you very early on in law school, which is that everything that we have as it relates to our system – is based on something that has happened in the past. Yes. If you're trying to do something, is there a case on point? Right. Is there a case that says that you can do this? Is there something? And if you don't have a case, you look at the interpretation of the law and you kind of try to figure it out as you go. And frankly, if that did happen, then you could take action at that point. But we're not talking about every court in the United States of America. We're talking about essentially one state court, and then you've got two congressional committees right. doing right. their job. Right. Now, whether you think that's politicized or not, I do agree that I think it's politicized to a degree. Certainly, right. I think House Ways and Means, but I do think that the House Oversight Committee – they're making a legitimate investigation into foreign interference. But I mean that everything with regard to the rule of law is being distorted now because it's like the real elephant in the room is always politics. It's just yeah, like when we had right. the Gore-Bush situation uh, in Florida and they were talking about should they recount the votes in Florida. And the Supreme Court uh, basically made a ruling that meant that Bush was going to be president. And but in everyone sense, basically said that is pure politics. They're but, going way outside the scope of what but, they're supposed but Brian, to do. But Brian, in a sense, hasn't President Trump made his own bed and now he's sleeping in it? In other words, like if you watch even you know, George H.W., you watch any president, any past president, they hold themselves in a certain way. They conduct themselves in a certain manner. And so they set up this office of the presidents. They, they take on the mantle of the office of the presidency. Right. And so you don't have these sort of like tit for tat things going on the way you do. Now, do you? But, I mean, well, I guess we've got I, it during I do, Clinton no, but, he, but he's 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 a maverick, and but the thing is, to many people, that's the source of his power is that he does not do things in a way that they have traditionally been done. But the issue that I'm I'm concerned about is the Supreme Court's going to make a ruling about this. Yes, and if the Supreme once Court they do it, it's says, done. yeah, it's done, that the president does not have to do this. If they do that, then no no future president will have to do it. Yeah. And you're going to have a lot broader conceptualization of the executive branch than was ever contemplated. Absolutely. Gives it way more power. And then that starts to play into all the things we've talked about and we have not done shows on it yet. Maybe we will at some point like the idea that there are so many temporary appointments to the cabinet. Right. And that's something, there's that's so many huge, things that... That's that, a huge subversion of congressional power. No one's even talking about that one. Well, well, I think because there's the chances of anyone staying in their position right. are so short. <laughs> you fired. That, you know, everybody's kind of going to be a temporary, you know. <laughs> we're just going to have you just here for a minute until right. you piss off the president, and then you're going to be looking for a job. Folks, anyway, we're, we're going to be uh, breaking pretty soon, but I want to leave you with this. We are dealing with unprecedented times. It's not just the fact that we've got a pandemic. There's another pandemic going on, and that basically deals with the ways that everything has become politicized. Every single issue becomes, what camp are you in? Are you in this camp? And if you're in this camp, then there's no middle ground. Are you in this camp? Mm -hmm. And the idea is, if you ever study any aspect of how leadership is accomplished or how people solve problems. If you attack the person on the other end, you'll never get anywhere. Yeah. 
because they're going to defend themselves and they're going to attack you. In fact, you almost can't trust them, right? Like I'm almost looking for someone that's, let's say, a Democrat in the House of Representatives to come out and say, yeah, I don't like Trump, but I do like this one thing that he did. You exactly. never hear that. And, and you the never way that. that the thing is supposed to work is you take a little bit of what you say and a little bit of what I say. But if Is we, it possible that they hate every single thing he's done? Is it I, possible I, that can't. they really idealize? You can't. I mean, you got to No, it would be cool to have a drink with the man, just kick back and talk about life, you know, but whatever. But either way. They've got to be, there have to be people that, let's say that they're on the side of labor that love what he did with tariffs. But you don't ever hear those people talking, right? You, you don't, don't hear them supporting and them. And just, the just concept, tear them down. Because there's no respect. I yeah, mean, there's, there's the all. dialogue has become such that you can't say, okay, I'm going to hear you out. And I respect your opinion. It's that, okay, if you are someone who has this political ideology, I don't want to believe anything you say. And that is why we are thinking in the manner that we're thinking, folks. Anyway. A nation divided, unfortunately. But we're going to move out of this. We really are. Folks, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. And as we always say at the end of every show, even if we disagree with you. We love you all. We love you all. Watch that traffic out there. Yeah, and be safe out there, folks. It's because, coming back. Yeah. The smog's People are back. out on the road. And we're back. Love you guys. This show is furnished by The Cochran Firm. 